Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 podcast. Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901, presented to you by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and with me on a beautiful morning after, is this the morning after, whatever happened? I wish you, I wish you wouldn't call it that, but yeah, <laughs> that is what this is. It's a poor poor use of word choice, though. So. That, yeah, sorry about that. But yes, it, it's the morning after whatever happened last night. That's probably still not any, getting any better, but here we go. Yeah. Let's bring in Nate. Nate, our guy, <laughs> always with us, man. Uh, last night was crazy. Last night was a game that you kind of want to forget about in a sense. Um, and, and the Grizzlies, they're not playing well. The sky is falling, right? The sky is falling for all the fans. We just got done with 11-game win streak. What comes after a win streak? Usually a losing streak. It's all in how you balance it out. And we're on the West Coast. Give us a little bit of what's going on with your Grizzlies right now. I mean, last night was honestly the only game I wasn't too offended by <laughs> for being straight up. I was, um, I thought probably the best they've played is sort of a scheduled loss last night. They were coming off, obviously, short rest or no rests. They don't play Ja. They don't play Adams. Um and then the King shot lights out, man. I mean, that lights three point out. showing was ridiculous. That I, and I know the Grizzlies have been leaving dudes wide open, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But wide open or not, twenty two for forty for three is yep. an absurd number. So um, I thought the Grizzlies actually were playing pretty well yesterday. I thought, uh, you know, they gave up a forty seven point first quarter, but if you just had the King shooting 50% from three. It's like a 30 something point game or point quarter. And the Grizzlies are square in that game, if not with the lead. So um, they just had tired legs late. It was a lot of running to try and keep up with the scoring of the Kings. And it was never going to happen. The other two games, on the other hand, that we have not talked about yet, got some issues with, but we'll get into that in a little bit. All right. Well, you heard me a little bit. Uh, I was on the No Bluffing podcast uh, here. They, I think, they released uh, yesterday. I believe uh, we recorded that Saturday, so it was a, a chance for us to kind of talk through some things. I was, I was obviously, I loved joining Chris and Luke uh, and getting a chance to not be the driver. I could be the passenger. I could be the goofy guy. I could be really probably more of me and less of you know Dapper Dan. Is that right? Dapper. Hate that. It is right, Dapper but Dan. I hate it. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Grizzlies last night in the Sacramento game gave up a 47 point quarter, right? They came back, second quarter, gave up 19 points. They're down five, 
five going into halftime. They respond. They play well. They go down in the third quarter that they usually the Grizzlies dominate in the third quarter. And the reason they dominate, usually John Morant goes off in the third quarter. Most of the time, he's not there. They go down. They're down 10 going into the fourth. And then you score 10 points in a quarter. 10 points. That is the issue. Okay. The last five minutes, though, maybe six, five and a half minutes, uh, you had all the scrubs come in. And let me give you the point totals from the scrubs. I don't don't take offense if I call them scrubs, right? The five guys that came in, the game is out of – you just can't, you can't win at that point. The five guys, usually G League guys, the people that were brought in and the Sacramento fans are screaming, light the beam as soon as they go to the score table. Kenny Chandler, five minutes, zero points. Vince Williams Jr., four minutes, zero no points. Yeah. David Roddy, he played 18. He played a lot of that. Zero points in the 18 minutes. Jake LaRavia, the five minutes, zero points. Kenny Lofton Jr., his five minutes, he scored a bucket. He had two <laughs> points. That's half of the issue. So don't take two offense to that 33 to yeah. 10 fourth quarter. Literally, there were five minutes of two-point <laughs> basketball. Yeah, not to mention all the end of the bench guys for the Kings came in and they just all had Michael's secret stuff on the bench because <laughs> they were getting buckets too. They didn't stop getting buckets. You know, usually both benches come in and it's all just trash. There's no, yeah, the yeah. Kings just kept draining shots. So, yeah, that's, listen, they just had tired legs last night. That's all, all it was at the end of the day. I was not upset about last night at all. All right, so let's let's get away from that game, right? So the Grizzlies lost the game. I predicted on that that show on the No Bluffing podcast that they would lose this game versus the Kings. I even said they would lose against the Warriors. And then they're going to go back to Minnesota, pick up a win and then go and then come back home against Indiana for this whole week, a 2 and 2 week. I predicted it. I honestly didn't think we would lose against the Suns. Okay, and we lost. So that was already just adding on to the Lakers. So overall, let's bobble that game was into the three games without getting too in depth, because I do want to talk about two different things here. Right. And I let's save those for later. But give me a little bit. I do want to talk about their defense, which is a perimeter defense, three point defense. And then the rotation <laughs> questions, because I think that's what's on the mind of a lot of people is the rotation. But let's get, you know, let's summarize for the people. If you haven't been around, if you just, just listen to our podcast, thank you. Uh, but let's summarize these last three losses. Well, one thing I, I, I do want to talk about a little bit with the perimeter defense is I don't think, I think that because of the Lakers and the Kings shooting is being overblown. The Lakers are not a good three-point shooting team. And the Kings are a really good scoring team, but they're not shooting 57% from three night in night out right they're not even shooting 40 yeah. something percent from three night in and night out it's that was such an outlier for both them and the lakers i'm not super concerned about it i am i am much much more concerned about the free throw stuff which we can talk about that a little bit later i think that's much more of a topic but just on the defensive front well there's definitely concerns to be had from the past few games I don't think they're in the sky is not falling type of concerns, which is my main thing. The defense is not that terrible. Last night, I thought they were really slow on rotations because they're overhelping a ton, which can't happen. 
that, that's the one thing that can't happen is overhelping. We're too far into the season mm. for that issue to be resurfacing. I think it's more so because of laziness than it is game plan or guys not knowing what they're supposed to do other than Zaire. I think Zaire has not made a correct defensive rotation all season. <laughs> but I think in general, as a team goes, they were lazy against the Lakers. They were lazy in the first half against the Suns. I didn't watch the second half, full disclosure. So we'll get into that <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, even Shame. when it got close, I didn't watch it. I'm not ashamed even a little bit. All the people who said Zaire was having his coming out party, and then, yeah, we watched the Kings game about that. But yeah. then the Kings, it was just tired legs. I thought it was why there were slow rotations. And you got lineups that you don't want to be playing. Yeah. So I think it's a little bit overblown. That okay. being said, the laziness bugs me. And against the Lakers, like I said, that honestly, the Lakers played shot maybe their best three-point percentage of the year. I haven't looked to tell, but they were shooting the lights out. I mean, Westbrook was a plus percentage. I think Kendrick Nunn was a plus percentage. They just traded like two days after that. Um, oh, real quick. Let me, let me in the sh- first place. Go ahead. Let me stop you there because the Lakers <laughs> shot 31.7% from three, 40% overall. The Grizzlies out for them. shot 31% from three and 42%. So they actually, overall, the Grizzlies shot a better percentage um, within yeah, the game. But and the Lakers our- average on a yearly basis this whole year, they averaged 33.7% from three. So just on, on how many attempts to give you those stats. I don't see the attempts on here. It just gives me percent. Well, I'm just looking at 41 attempts. Okay. 31% on super high volume for the Lakers, I would That's say. That's true. And okay. so that really was an outlier that that was even a game in general. But it was still, I mean, it didn't look at all like the Grizzlies showed up. I mean, it just looked like they were out there to have a good time in L.A., which is probably what they did. And then probably again in Phoenix, which is why you had the first half you had, which – it yeah. bugs me. It didn't bug me as much in the Lakers game until you get to end the game execution and you don't figure it out. I, that's that bugs me because you got basically thirty seconds of execution you need to go win a game and it, you don't have it. Um, the Suns bother me a lot more because you come off a loss you shouldn't have had and you're super lazy mm-hmm. in that game. You don't show up ready to play. That bugs me. All of that to say, I still don't think the sky is falling. I think they could show up and lose to the Warriors. I don't think the sky is falling. I don't think there are any season-long major concerns out of these games other than what has already been addressed and that they need more shooting and they probably need more of a veteran presence on the court. That's yeah. about it, which is is what it is. It is what it is. I would be concerned if they show up with no fight in them against the Warriors. But even if they get beat, I'm I'm not crazy worried about it. Yeah, so a little bit on the Lakers. They average 10.4 three points made a game uh, while only shooting 30.9 attempts. So yes, that, that 41 is obviously up, you know, 10 or 11, depending on how you look at the number. Uh, But realistically, they're also over their number of how many they made. So within that 10, they made an extra three than they normally make. So they went three to 10. So pretty much a 30%. Also fun fact in that game, they went 13 for 41 from the three-point line they also had 41 attempts from the free throw line that game so that was super fun to watch (laughs) yeah the fact that there's 81 foul calls in that game it's just it's ridiculous okay just ridiculous 
let's not get into it too much. I don't want to spend too much time, you know, rehashing what happened because I think we already know what happened. Uh, and it was three games that we look at and they're three bad games. Um, yeah. but, but, but let's get into a little bit about this team though. Like, like, why don't you think they show up with the energy? Is it because Dylan Brooks had a birthday out in LA or Phoenix and they just literally, the, yes. the nightlife yeah. took them? The answer is yes. The answer okay. is they were on an 11 game winning streak. They're the second young or fourth youngest team in the NBA until you take Danny Green out of the equation. I think they're the second youngest team in the NBA. Yes. And they're in Los Angeles. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's filling themselves. Yeah. It's what happened. I mean, listen, the whole Grizzlies need to be humbled crowd. I mean, Grizz fans should be the ones saying Grizzlies need to be humbled when stuff like this happens. And the good news (laughs) is they get like that. And the other good news is when it gets to the playoffs, I'm not, these are the kind of concerns you don't have when games matter the most, right? Yeah. Like if a game, if you get down to it and they're in LA for a playoff series, I'm not worried about this happening, right? Yeah. Again, the Phoenix for a playoff series, I'm not worried about this happening, right? So there's no major concerns here on my part. It, the maturity thing is, I think they're super mature. They play amazingly mature basketball for how young they are. And I think we yeah. lose sight of that. I do think they would benefit from a veteran on the court. Maybe that's Danny Green. He's doing five-on-five work. He's obviously a good trade piece, but he could still be sticking around. We don't know. Good luck getting into the mind of the Grizzlies front office. I got no clue. But they could definitely benefit from that. I'm just not worried about it. I'm just not, right? It's annoying more than it is concerning. You know, that's like I'm watching that game last night. I'm like, Why'd you guys lose those first two games? Now I have to watch this and think about it. We've lost three in a row. I'm annoyed because of the first two. And it's annoying, but no concerns. Other than we need more shooting. We need more shooting. That has to happen. I think they absolutely need to make a trade for more shooting. And I do not agree with maintaining the long game approach, the development approach they've had in years past, because any moment that future can be taken from you from a freak injury or anything. So I think they should go for it. Yeah. Listen, I I am right on with you. Like I am never going to say play the guys you have because you're scared of literally maybe letting one go and one develops into an amazing player. Like I don't see that in the guys we have that we've drafted. I think they can be, good players and i think they can be very good role players i don't see any of them that are on the bench any honestly anyone outside of ja jaron and bane that you literally can't come off of because we're scared to make a move now obviously i don't want to let go of some guys i I really like santi i think he plays well i really like bc for this team he's kind of a he's kind of the change up to what steve-o is kind of the change up to the big uh, mm-hmm. that maybe Santi is. I think he's a good changeup uh, if you're talking like in you know, baseball ter- terms where you have the good fastball, which is Jaron. But then you have maybe somebody who's a little bit different in the changeup of uh, somebody like BC. So I don't want to come off of him, but let's get into some rotation questions real quick, okay? Yep. And that kind of leads us into, you know, I guess, talking about this because of literally trade talks, right? And that's going to happen for the next, we'll say month or a little bit less than a month whenever the trade deadline is. Um, there's new reports that some, some mystery, mystery team, 
I don't know what you want to call them. You can call them the Grizzlies if you'd like. That have offered three first rounders for OG. Um, that makes me sorry. That makes me think of the Airhead mystery flavor. You know, the white Airhead, and you're always wondering what it's going to be. That's all that comes to my mind. Sorry, continue. It, it, hold on, real quick. Is so is the Airhead mystery flavor a flavor, or is it one of the other flavors that they're just not that they're just dying white? Middle school me could answer. Current me has not a clue in the world. I don't remember. I think it's its own flavor. I think it's a mixture. That's my be. that's my take. I think be. it's a mixture. I love it's just it. before they it. add all the processed dyes and coloring that are super good for your heart. Yeah. So it's the <laughs> best airhead. It has <laughs> no dyes. <laughs> all right. Let's I, I derailed us. I apologize. <laughs> keep going. I had to I had to keep going. I love that. I love airheads. Um, unfortunately. That's why you like me. But yeah, so the, the Grizzlies have a lot of questions to answer. And that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit is because I think that the Grizzlies are in a spot where they could go for it. But I'm also looking at the rotation. And last night brought into a question of we're playing against a team that's fast. We have a point guard that's not playing. So we're going to go ahead and put the backup point guard in. He's on the team. He's active in Kennedy Chandler. And we did not make that decision. We chose to go a different route. I'm not going to knock the coaching staff for going a different route because I think that takes a lot of guts to say, hey, we're going to try something different because we think this is a, a better approach. That's not on Taylor Jenkins. That's not on anybody. That I'm telling you, that decision is coming from discussions from the entire staff okay this is not a one-man thing i don't think taylor jenkins ever makes decisions and said this is what we're going to do he might confirm i like those ideas this is the decision we're going to go with i think this gives us our best chance to win i don't think it's ever a taylor jenkins decision even though he's going to get the most backlash right but i will say that we we were going against a team with smaller guards we have big guys I don't know if they're scared to make the decision between Conchar and Roddy and Zaire right now. We talked about that on the No Bluffing podcast. Are they just scared to make that decision? And that's what brought them to having Conchar or Desmond Bain be the two guard or, or sorry, the backup point guard. What do you make of that? I, I think it was a perfect opportunity to, to try things. Like okay. no one, you have been, and this was always, I think, probably the plan going into this game. Because I think if you win the first two games or either one of the first two games and there's not an ugly scene around it and the guys are getting rest, it's a scheduled loss. I think if you lose both those games like they did, then you're playing ugly basketball. Why not experiment on the second night of a back-to-back in a game you're probably going to lose because the team's not clicking. And there's a perfect excuse to try different things. So I think... Yeah. It was always a game to try stuff. And as much as a fan, I want to tune in every night and see the Grizzlies going full bore playing Grizzlies basketball. You know, we always, I, I joked with you. It's like on that whole, oh, 82 games is a long season. I'm like, well, 300 and basically 50 days, I got to show up to work every day and stuff. But let's be honest, like I don't bring my best to work every day. Nobody yeah. does. And so um, I like to make the joke that in all seriousness, you're not going to get that. So it's like, okay, throw a game away, try some different things, see how it goes. Desmond Bain, who's been awesome over the past couple weeks since returning from injury, right? He had a little bit of rust, but been pretty good. 
he's not been the facilitator and his dribble has not been comfortable. His handle has not been as comfortable as it was before his injury. Why not give him the point guard duties to try and get back into that? Right. I mean, it was, Mm -hmm. it's not what it's been. It has not been what it was since before the injury. Let him get there in real game, live action, doing it. Because then he's going to see, okay, I can't do this. I can't do that. But he's going to get more comfortable with it, even if he is coughing the ball up, which he did. But we're all going to be a lot more happy come April, May, June, when he's able to sit there and drive the ball and be a secondary handler and be really comfortable doing that. So I think that was the main thing in it is letting stuff like that happen. I don't think it could have been an experiment with Conchar to see what he could do. But like we've already seen Conchar an expanded role this season. We yeah. we know what he is. He took the dreaded Conchar floater last night, and there was no doubt in my mind it was going to be the brick of all bricks. Yeah. And we we just know what he is at this point, right? Yeah. Um I think taking Roddy out of the rotation was a mistake. I've been pretty vocal about that. I think you want to have a rotation where Roddy isn't a regular, but as the Grizzlies are currently constructed, he should be. And um, Zaire, as much as I am disappointed in his play so far this season, I was also very vocal about what I think his potential is, and I've never wavered in that. I'm just wavering on what his production is so far. And I think they're going to keep playing him because of what his potential is, and I don't blame them for that at all. Um, It's still been garbage. Yeah, they didn't play. The bench didn't play well at all. 25 points out of your bench for the Grizzlies when you're down two guys. Like, well, that's that- not what you need. Like, you have to have somebody <laughs> show up. Like, literally, Trey Lyles almost outscored the entire Grizzlies bench. Right. He had 25. I don't, I don't want to hit on the Kings stuff at all. The Kings were out of their minds last night. Trey Lyles averages like 10 points a game, maybe less. And I think he it's was seven, yeah. And he was popped off for 20-something last night. The Kings were such an outlier. Our bench, I'm not as concerned about either because normally you have Tyus is that true sort of veteran presence for that bench, runs a unit, and if not, you're able to mix and match. But with Steve-O out and Jile, those are two essential pieces. The bench was pretty much going to suck unless somebody yeah. on the Grizzlies bench was out of their mind. So I'm not worried about the game in particular, right? I'm, I more so just want to take from it what we can see going through the season. And going through the season, you need to get Zaire minutes because you you don't want to count on him in the playoffs, yeah. but you want to continue to develop him to the point where you're not scared to play him in the playoffs. And he's not there yet by a long shot, especially defensively, man. I know what he can do defensively. His length is incredible. His athleticism is awesome. He is late on every rotation he is mm-hmm. clearly not on the same page with the rest of the team and listen they were all out of whack last night they've been out of whack on this road trip Zaire is the one person who comes in on the team consistently and there's a miscommunication yeah every time there's he's switching and somebody else isn't he's not switching and somebody else is it's all the time with the dude and I don't under. It's getting a little bit to the point where I don't understand why that's still happening. Like he's not been in the rotation for very long. He's not been playing a bunch of games. Is that, is that coaching or is though. that the player? If everybody else is doing it, right? Which one? It's a player. If everybody else is on the same page, it's a player. And listen, they all overhelp, which 
way over I, I don't understand yeah. but i'm not talking about overhelping. i'm talking about guy switches you don't you switch guy doesn't you aren't uh picking up late he just looks confused he just looks confused and yeah. that's the stuff that i don't really understand why that's still happening because it's been long enough that he should be in a rhythm in that sense um Again, not sky is falling, not concerned, not saying trades I hear or anything like that. It's just something that's disappointing. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and it is disappointing. And that's the thing is like we rely on our bench so much, unfortunately. But a lot of it, what we rely on them is for a little bit of the boost of the energy, right? Because Ja gives us that. But sometimes when we get off to bad starts, you bring in Tyus and the, the offense flows differently. Everybody kind of gets feeling where they should be feeling the right direction and the offense gets back on track. The defense, especially from the bench unit, has been atrocious as of late. And that's kind of what I look at as well is like, is it the West Coast? Is it the road? Is it just the middle of the season and they're just kind of hitting the wall right now? And that's okay. But we are just coming off of 11-game win streak. So I don't want to overreact too much. But I also want to see that I think this team has flaws, and I think they legit do. And I've never not seen the flaws because I think that if you're able to score easier, then I think that a lot of times defense is easier to play because the ball is, getting, is going through the hoop and they're having to take out of bounds compared to bricks and trying to get back and trying to somehow emergency plan we got to figure out who's guarding who just guard whoever's closest to you we can't set up properly so that's half of the issue too as well so i think a lot of things can get fixed by having a more consistent shooter coming off the bench but if you look at last night like we have the ball and we're kicking out to wide open tyus jones and he's burying you know he's he's, he's shooting very well but imagine if we can rely on Tyus Jones to be the backup point guard who can still hit those if need be, but he doesn't have to play that certain role that we're like, hey, get the ball to Tyus to hit those open threes. What if we actually have somebody that's built for that role? Then you can allow Tyus to do his own thing where he can get to the floaters. He hits one, maybe two, three-pointers a game, but then you create more space for everybody else. You create more space for uh, a guy like John Morant to do his work. That really fixes a lot of problems. When you're not yeah. shooting well, that hurts you on your defensive end. And that's what just look at Dylan Brooks. He's not shooting well. And that's part of it, too. Like they need more consistent shooters. And we just don't have it right now. Yep. And that's why you need somebody like a Malik Beasley, Gary Trent Jr., who are both on the market, right? Um, you know, I, the stuff with OG Ananobi that's out there, I've, I think I said this on our last show. I really like OG Ananobi, but it doesn't make sense to bring him onto this team because I don't think he does. He, Dylan is an, obviously a huge slump. We've got our group text going. I haven't had time to respond yet, but Dylan Brooks Island's underwater. Whatever, <laughs> dude. Whatever. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is, he gets all the flack. He was getting flack all through the Lakers game. Now I'm like, you know, Job just went nine for 29, right? And we're hating on Dylan's shot selection. Um, it de definitely doesn't help when he throws up the layup like he did when they were down 18 Sheesh. or whatever. But listen, the game was well out of hand at that point. I, again, I'm not super concerned about it. Go get somebody so that Dylan Brooks isn't taking those shots, right? I mean, you saw yeah. the last game that they were clicking. Dylan took like eight shots. He went like four for eight from the field. And it, it was 
tied for Jaron only because they weren't getting Jaron shots. But other than that, he's he was fine in that role. He's settling into that pretty well. And you notice that when Dylan does start taking all these shots and he gets up into these 15, 16, 17 shot games, the Grizzlies are losing. But they're losing before he starts doing that. Mm. Right. They they mm. are he's taking those shots because nobody else is making shots either. And like, listen, last night he took a wing three, he was wide open, he bricked it. But I'm like, guess what? If you throw desire wide open in the corner, he's bricking it. Tyus yeah. is bricking it, who's one of our best three point shooters this year. It's everybody was bricking shots last night. So um everybody I had to I had to get that in because it's it keeps happening and I'm like I don't know why nobody notices Dylan's bad games are when Memphis is having bad games. And it's not Memphis is having a bad game because Dylan's having a bad game, right? It's It looks the other way around watching the game. But what we were talking about before, having that shooter to kick over to, because Tyus is obviously, he's shooting, like I said, he's one of our best three-point shooters. He's around right. 39 40% last time I looked. I don't know what he's at now. But still, he's been shooting really well. That's not what you want him to do. It's not his game. It's not what he looks to do either. Get you a Gary, Gary Trent Jr. who can knock down those shots. He can score all over the floor. Get you a Malik Beasley who's able to do the same. He's showing an expanded game this year in Utah, mm-hmm. which is fun to watch. Um, and mainly get somebody who shoots 80-something above percent from the free throw line as well because that's my main concern with this team, hands down. Far and away, period, end of sentence. Free throw shooting yeah. has to be better. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things to fix, uh, but but defensive the obviously the overhelping has been crazy bad. Uh, the rotation question, I think they'll figure themselves out. I think they're trying things to see what works and see what sticks to the wall. Uh, I do think that is hurting a guy like Conchar, who they're trying to put in there, and he just is not doing well. He's playing ten minutes a game, but I he, think it's really hurting a guy like Roddy who can't get into a role. I think that's yep. the biggest issue. Well, I want to I want to give props where they're due. I thought Jitty was doing Jitty things against the Lakers. I thought he was one of the few people who showed up and was. I mean, I don't think the box score is going to reflect it. I haven't actually looked back at it, but I don't remember him having a great game. But you saw him doing the things he's there for. He's sneaking around, getting sort of wolf steals. He's getting offensive rebounds, a lot of activity. The problem is he's just not doing it enough to warrant giving him those minutes. Still over Roddy, in my opinion. Yeah. And Roddy has a chance to be a real regular season contributor. Um, playoffs, TBD. But the overhelping thing, I think, is part of their scheme. And I do want to say it sort of goes along with the attitude thing, in my opinion. The mentality thing, I don't know if attitude is the right word. People can take that and run with it. I'll say the mentality part, where I'm not worried about that as much in the playoffs because I think they, as much as these past few games want to – Prove me, prove me otherwise. I think they learned some lessons last year against the Warriors about every possession counts. You need yep. to be locked in, and they're going to be on a string come playoffs. So I'm not as concerned about that. But um, if it's something they haven't learned that needs to happen because in the playoffs that's a problem, I don't think that's going to show up when the games matter most. But hmm. um, that's just me. I could be wrong. Yeah. But personally, I'll worry about it. You're probably, you're probably wrong. Um you know what's not wrong is calling into our guy, Zach Jaworski, State Farm. Let them know that the Grizz 901 team sent you. Uh, they are our presenting sponsor, and they're good people. Uh, give them a call over at 901-443-4798. You can go and find them on the web and get a free quote. ZachInsuresMemphis.com. 
That's Z-A-C-H, ZachInsuresMemphis.com. Uh, whether it's home, auto, jewelry, if you need to do that. If you need to do anything, condo, renters, any kind of insurance at all that you can think of, uh, go call our friends over at Zach Jaworski State Farm where they treat you like family. Just let them know that we that we sent you. I promise you, Zach and his team will take good care of you. So uh, let's go ahead and get into a little bit more of what I kind of have off top of my head. And we're not going to spend too much longer. We're going to get out of here in a, in a, soon. But I think we're on the same page of make the move, right? You're saying go for it, make the move. All right, so I want to ask you one question. We have our guy, Dylan Brooks. He has not been as much of the trade discussion as of late. A lot of it has been based around guys like Conchar and Danny Green. That's that's Grizz Twitter. That's what everybody wants to do. Send out guys like that. Even Xavier Tillman, right? Those are low-level guys. They're making, what, two to four million a year at max. So they're not going to make up much space when you trade them off. But a guy that does is a guy like Dylan who's making, I think he's making 17. So I'm going to ask you a question. I just need one name out of you. I don't need multiples. I need one name out of you. And this is very much, you have no clue that this is coming. Who is the one guy that you're going after if you have to give up Dylan Brooks? I know. I, I know, know it's going to be a hard one. I don't know if he's available. Okay. Hit, hit it with me. I'll, I'll pull I up think... the numbers while we're doing this. <laughs> Jason Tatum. No, I um, – <laughs> the name that comes to mind, I, I I tend to think he's not available, but I was going to say Siakam if anyone's available. Ooh. I think it's a Raptor. It's Siakam or Ananobi. Again, I don't think the Ananobi okay. one because you're giving up – assets for someone who I think is a better player. Again, we went all over this with Papa, just to recap, I think Ananobi is a more talented player than Dylan Brooks. Yeah. I don't think he is that much more talented than Dylan to warrant giving up three firsts plus Dylan to go get him. And I don't see him bringing the heart and soul factor that, I mean, I'm sure you heard Desmond Bain talk about on old man in the three with JJ Reddick that matters. I think that there's an intangible there that matters. So that's why that didn't make sense. But if you're going to give up somebody, if you're going to give up Dylan, you better bring somebody in who can make up for what he does purely skill wise, at least. And Ananobi, I think does that. Um, but I think if they're going to do that, they won't move Dylan unless it's for someone that's hmm. big. I don't see them moving Dylan for Ananobi, right? I Siakam is a needle mover they could do that for, though. Okay. I think people forget how awesome Siakam is when he's not the number one, much less he's been awesome this year as the number one, right? He sort of found that groove. People forget what he was doing when he had, like, Kawhi and Kyle Lowry there. I mean, dude's a freaky third, fourth option. I mean, he's a freaky second option. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Siakam. I may okay. change my mind by the end of the pod, but for now, it's Siakam. Yeah, so what I always think of is kind of who is possible, right? Just like you, you kind of did is who's available, what we can do. Uh, Siakam is at $35 million and Dylan Brooks is at eleven. So obviously there is a lot of room to make up. And so Siakam and Danny Green, that doesn't work. The Grizzlies are still eight 
million short. So you'd have to figure out 8 million to get to that point. So I think that would be tough. And that's the thing is, and that's the trouble with finding out uh, a big player, right? Somebody that's making that much money is you got about a, you had to have paid a player that much money and move them. The only person that you could really just try to make it make sense Jaron, you're not doing that. You could do Steve-O in there somehow, and then that makes up, you know, Steve-O and Dylan. We obviously saw from last night, Steve-O is a big key to this team. I don't think Steve-O, especially now that he's extended, I don't think you're going to go ahead and move him at all. I think that's going to be a tough one to go get. I really do. Um, but you got to think of, Dylan is an expiring contract, okay? So I'm going to just throw this out there. And I know people probably are kind of tired of hearing about it, but – you can look at you can look at Dylan for OG. I don't love love OG, but I think that you can try to. I think you can make it work with Dylan for the simple fact that you might not have to give up too much more than just a trade for Dylan, OG, and some picks. I really do think that's possible. You can even try if you want Danny Green and maybe throw in some fillers, which would be a guy like Jake Laravia maybe a guy like John Conchar and try to make it work. I think that's possible, but I just don't know if it will, but you got to think of a guy like OG. He, his contract is a little bit different. He has this year at 17 next year at 18 and a player option the following year, the 24, 25 season for 19 million. Okay. So that's something to think about when people are looking at contracts is he's actually under contract and a decent contract for the next couple of years a contract you actually think and hope you can probably get Dylan Brooks at. But I just don't know if that's what you want to do as an organization. So you're coming to the last year of a guy like Dylan. I think it's going to be decision time. And maybe they say, hey, we're going to try it out and we're going to go for a bench player like a Gary Trent Jr. Make a, make a player like that. I've talked about it before, maybe a Luke Kennard. Um, I would love to have gotten uh, Devin Vassell uh, from the Spurs, but he obviously is now hurt. Um, so I think there's a lot of different ways they can go about it, but I think what you're going to see first is you're going to see the Grizzlies see what they have in Danny Green. And if they have something in Danny Green, they might try to put something together and go get one player. But if they think they have it in Danny Green, unfortunately, I think we're not making any moves at all, which would, I think this, that would be a downfall of this. And it's not because they're lazy and they're not wanting to. I just think that they they feel confident that this team just adding one shooter for free pretty much without losing anything extra they think that that'd be a good decision what do you think i think you can go get malik beasley will be hard because danny ainge not really not danny ainge's fault the minnesota timberwolves went ahead and sent basically all of france over for rudy gobert so it's going to be hard Who to can't squeeze shoot. malik beasley for cheap yeah, and they basically traded young and apparently better Rudy Gobert in that trade <laughs> and Walker Kessler. Um, I I think you can go get a Gary Trent Jr. for picks and you send over a couple of young players for salary stuff. And I think you send over the Jake Laravias of the world. And if they turn into the next coming of Mike Miller or Kyle Korver, you eat that. That's fine. You, you, you're okay with that. Because guess what? He's not going to turn into that until your championship window is either – wide open in the middle and you've already got more experience because of the guys you brought in or your championship window has for some reason closed. Right. And so I think you do that. I think you make the move. I think you're not going to, 
you're not going to play these guys. All mm. of these guys are not going to be a part of your future plans. If they are, yeah. it will be truly unprecedented to have every single yeah. one of them trade the promise of Jake LaRavia. Jake LaRavia could easily turn into an awesome shooter, an awesome piece that we look down the road in five years and we trade them and think, dang. And you can sell it, that. <laughs> you can but sell guess that what? promise. Here's a, there's only 30 teams in the NBA. There's yeah. only, what, 12 players on it? Most guys don't turn out. They yeah. don't. Sell the promise of what he can be for something you know what you're getting that's a compliment to this core. And if he turns into the promise, oh, dang. Yeah. These these rings that will make me too feel too much better <laughs> about it, I guess. Right. Like, yeah. Take the shot. Listen, and I trust the front office. I know people, I see it all the time on Twitter. Oh, I, I'm glad that you know better than the coach in the front office. I don't pretend to know better. I don't pretend to be yeah. able to do their job. Nobody's batting a thousand, including the front office. Mm. Somehow I've turned from a front office defender after they drafted Zaire to the front office, like, hey. They still, I don't have to agree with everything they do. We forget about Justice Winslow. Massive swing and a miss, right? We traded two guys that meant a lot to Ja and the young guys for a guy who didn't pan out. But you know what, though, about that? I love that they took a chance. Yes, I love they took a chance. Same, and it was not a big chance. I said it a lot at the time. It was not a mass. Like, it wasn't like it was high reward, low risk. Yeah. But now I think – the risk is in not capitalizing on what you have in the present. I think the risk is sort of yeah. flipped in that. So um, I'm not going to be mad if they don't. I'm not going to lose my mind. I think it's a mistake not to. But yeah, I'd be happy for them to prove me wrong and them do awesome with whatever they do. So Yeah. I don't want them to not make a move to say they are keeping this together. Also, don't want them to make a move just to say they made a move. I think it has to be the it has to be the perfect storm, and I think people forget that that you have to have two to tango. So you have to have another GM that says, "Hey, I'm willing to do this with you." A lot of times in the West, you don't do West on West trades most of the time. Um, sometimes you can, but most of the time it's going to come from the East and the West making the decisions. And you know, Masai, he's honestly he's pretty good GM. So you're dealing with two GMs, um, two front offices that I feel confident in, in the Raptors in Memphis, um, that it would be tough. But um, we'll see. There's going to be a whole lot of trade talk going on. Um, Something I do want to share with you all that we're going to do next week is we're going to do more of a crossover week, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, We have three shows. We have the free basketball uh, show. We have the no bluffing show. We also have our normal Grizz down to one. Thank you for supporting us, first of all. Second of all, we're going to do some crossover. So we're going to send Nate on one of the shows. We're going to bring Ryan on one of the shows. And we're going to send um, who who knows what. <laughs> we're going to have, uh, instead of just being me and Nate or me and Ryan, uh, we're going to have some different people hop up on the shows. I do know that uh, we're, we have certain plans uh, for the Pacers game. I think it's a Sunday night game. I'm going to bring on the free basketball crew, right? So it's going to be Ryan, who is a regular on here, but also Cody, who a lot of people don't know. <laughs> Bring them two on here. He's always kind of off, be fun. off the be wall. Fun. <laughs> uh, we have all recorded many a times together, us three. Uh, but a lot of people haven't heard that. And so on this platform, we want to bring them on here so you can hear a little bit about them, uh, their takes. Uh, I'm going to try to get Chris on here as well to do a post-game show. Um, but also, I know we're going to send Nate over to do the free basketball podcast if we can yeah. make it happen. Um, the That's rumors are... Fun, dude. The rumors are there's two different segments. And because they only have one show, I said, why don't we split it up? So I think it was actually Ryan's idea, but 
we're going to send Nate over to do the, the last mascot standing tournament, which is off the wall, crazy fun. Uh, we thought Nate would be a great idea for that. Uh, and then we'll have somebody else go over, do a little bit more of the Grizzlies talk. And so I think it'll be a good time, uh, but make sure you stay tuned. Uh, so next week, the last week of January, you're going to have uh, every podcast is going to have a little bit of crossover on it. It might not have their same people. It might just add them into it. Uh, but we're going to see what we can do and change things up just to give a little bit of flavor for, for one week. Uh, but last thing, we're going to get out of here. I don't want to spend a minute, maybe two on this. The Warriors game. What are your predictions on this game? How is it going to go? Very short. I don't need much in-depth knowledge on it because I'm hoping it's a win, and I'm hoping we can actually do a post game that night. Yeah, I hope it's a win. I would not bet anything on money line or anything like that. I would bet Bane points and jaw double-double. I think it's mm. going to be a jaw double-double game. I think Bane pops off. I would count on Clay Thompson popping off if I had to guess because he hates us and the feeling yeah. is pretty pretty much mutual. But I um, I think big Clay game. It's gonna it's gonna be a battle of stars late. I think I think if it's close, if the Grizzlies show up with energy, which I think they will, but I would have thought they would against the Suns too. I think <laughs> it's I think it's a back and forth late where you get Ja, Steph, Clay, Bane going back and forth um i would like to say it's a big jaring game but i don't think it is so i think you get big games out of bane and ja i think clay shows up i think steph does cool stuff late and then we'll see where the see where the pieces fall yeah um the grizzlies are going to be by far behind the eight ball here because they're going to be on the west coast they're obviously struggling but they've had a, a pretty decently hard schedule, not games-wise in general, of who the teams are playing, just by like the days. Yeah. But if you look at this, and something I, I pulled up, and I, I want to throw this out there in the ethos, and who knows, probably Warriors Twitter will find this. The Warriors this year, they had a game on Wednesday. Their next game was a Sunday against who? The Grizzlies. And then if you look at the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies played earlier um let's see fine earlier this year the grizzlies played against uh, did i lose it this is terrible audio um the grizz sorry yes so they were they were playing on more of a uh third game in four days when they played against the warriors and so they're not getting a lot of time off they played a friday game and then they played a sunday game right after they just played a game two days prior. So it was like bang, 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 and then the Warriors had two days off. Well, if you look at this schedule again, uh, let's look at the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are now coming off of – it was a back-to-back -back with a day rest, and then you play the Warriors. Like that is the frustrating part when, honestly, the Warriors, they haven't played for two days. And so the last time they played, I believe it was Sunday – let me pull this up real quick because I didn't I didn't get that notes for me real quick. But the last time they played was literally two or three days ago. That's the frustrating part of all this is the fact that they're waiting so long. They haven't played since Sunday. And their next game is against the Grizzlies on Wednesday. That is frustrating. As a fan, I, I know it just magically works out like that. But this is our rival who's literally getting that kind of time off before we come into it. This is me yelling at the clouds. It's frustrating because I want them on a back-to-back -back 
with a day rest. Man, I don't care. Show up and win the freaking game. You, you're, the, <laughs> you're the second youngest team in the NBA. I know it's fourth youngest, but mine is Danny Green, who doesn't play. Second yeah. youngest team in the NBA. And by the way, every time the Grizzlies have two days rest, they show up looking like they haven't played basketball in a month. Right. So I'm tired of the rest stuff. Listen, it's the only time I'm okay with rest stuff is if it gets to like the fourth quarter last night where the Grizzlies clearly didn't have the legs. Right. They just ran out of legs late. I'm okay with that. Otherwise, show up and win the freaking game. The Suns came out and freaking were beating you by 30 in the first half on the second half of back-to-back a couple nights ago. It's not a back-to-back. You've gotten regular rest. Show up and play basketball. I, I like it. The rest thing with the Grizzlies, I'm so tired of hearing about it because we freaking moan about it all the time, and I've been one of the biggest ones about it. But I just look at it, I'm like, well, when the Grizzlies get two days rest, they suck. They so, do. and it's like, oh, the Grizzlies don't get foul calls. Guess what? They shoot like 20% from the free throw line anyways. So why am I complaining complain about foul calls? Which, by the way, they should just shut up about the referees. They're only digging themselves further into a hole. But that's for another podcast. When it comes to rest, show up and win the game. Who cares how much rest the other team had? You're young. Play basketball. Win. No excuses. Spicy Nate. I like it. That's a good way to end the show. I um, I just hate the Warriors so much. I really hope they win. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to play out well. But you're going to have two guys who Steve-O supposedly did. He was walking with a prominent limp. But Steve-O yeah. is going to play that game. Ja is going to play that game. I have no doubt in my mind we should be full uh, health. Uh, I think this is, a, like you said, big game out of Bane. I think Jaw is going to go off as well because there's nobody that can guard him on that team. And I think that this is a big Jaw game. So uh, that's all we have. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to try to do a post-game show Wednesday after the Warriors game, win or lose. If it gets too late like it was last night, we'll try to hop on the next morning and try to uh, put out something. Uh, so if you're hearing this, obviously it is a Tuesday. Right, We didn't do it last night. We're doing it today, uh, and we're not live. So thank you for listening on the podcast, but also thank you for uh, subscribing, uh, giving any reviews that you have, and uh, always watching us on YouTube. Uh, you can see uh, Dapper Dan today. I'm a little bit more dressed up, a little bit more. I'm, not, I'm out of my, my home office. I got to actually come into the office a little bit. So I um, had to hit this before uh, working today. It's beautiful. But as we always say, let's have a good week. Be nice and tell your friends. <laughs>